Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God grateful for this community. I feel grateful for our staff and our leaders and it's just really humbling um, to be able to be family with you all. Um, so we're going to go into something really different um, and we're going to do something that probably you shouldn't do on a Sunday morning in church and so we have to do it just for that reason. I just feel compelled because we don't normally do things like this. Um, and this is why. So um, we want to spend some time just being together um, in light of the events that have happened this week. Um, as a church, as a family, we want to bring those things into the light, not pretend like it's an elephant in the room that we're going to ignore. Um, we're a church who desires and feels called to diversity, including ethnic diversity, um, so because of that, we want to take an opportunity to mourn with those who mourn and invite healing and love into our community and into our nation. And we want to pay our respects to the people who needlessly lost their lives this week. All right. As children of the kingdom, we say confidently that all lives matter. Jesus was our great example on breaking down gender and cultural boundaries, and we choose to follow his example. This means we will choose to be slow to speak and quick to listen. We choose not to judge, but to love. We choose to forgive instead of hate. For those of us that are privileged, we choose to lay down our privilege and wash feet instead. Moving forward at RCC, we commit to having conversations that continually move us towards reconciliation, which is a foretaste of heaven on earth. We believe that can happen now. We want to be a community that models that. Um, and so this is what I would love for us to do, and I'm sorry if you're new and you're like, oh, this normally doesn't happen at church, but I just feel compelled to do it. 
I would love for us to get in a ginormous circle around the church and hold hands. And this is why I feel like physically we are being prophetic by joining hands like that um, and saying we're together, we're unified, we're a family of God. Um, And so I'm sorry if that freaks you out. I'm not sorry enough to not do it. (laughs) Um, So, okay, so, and this is what we're going to do. I have a mic, and so um, we have so many beautiful voices in this community. And if you have a prayer or a scripture verse that promotes healing or love or unity or reconciliation, and let's keep it to those topics, (laughs) things that unify um, I would love for you to pray over our community or to speak life into our community. Um, and so we'll sort of grab hands and then I'll have this and just keep an eye out. And if you would love to um, pray and then I'll sort of end it with, with a prayer I uncovered this week that I felt like was really beautiful. Um, and then I was going to say one more thing. Oh, and it's okay if it's quiet for a minute. Like we just saw you with Jordan, right? Sometimes you just have to marinate in the silence. So, um, but for those of you guys that have something, be brave. Speak it over our community, okay? All right, so I'm going to start here, and if you guys could, let's see how a loop goes all the way around the church. Let's see how the, we can stretch. You know what? I'll let you guys hold hands in case I have to walk around. All right, so you guys maybe stretch, yeah, towards this way. I love how messy this is and how it could go so wrong. <laughs> it's so, guys, this picture is just the best. Oh, if you guys that know me and know what warms my heart, it's something like this. It's so beautiful. We were saying in prayer this morning that so many people after this week feel really hopeless, but we have a hope. We have a hope. Look at this. This happens in the family of God, and it's so beautiful. Um, Does anyone already feel led want to sort of start us off? I know. I'm proud of you. I um, heard something a few years ago when I was watching. It was on Oprah. (laughs) And um, it was just a saying, and it really is something that I've, I've thought about and I kept with me, and it's look at the world through the through the eyes of the heart. And when you do that, it really, the world just looks very differently. That's awesome. That's good exercise. Oh. <laughs> I love it. Um, just a scripture that has been on my heart this week is... Um, if my people who are called by my name will yeah. humble themselves and pray, I will heal their land. Yeah. So that is us. it. Amen. Um, t- this week, it really reminded me of, in, in biblical scripture and in, in the New Testament, the Samaritans were a group of people who nobody liked. They were they were you know, considered, you know, 
the other. And, and even then, even then, Jesus used them and he came to them and he prayed with them and he talked with them and they were, they were just as loved by him as anybody else, any Jew, any Gentile. Jesus isn't for one person or another, one group or another. He's for everyone. He is the God of every race and creed and nation. And we just need to pray that our faith and our example can, can show that, can show that God is a loving God for everyone and not just some people. Okay, so most of the time this is read at weddings, okay, but I think it is appropriate, and you're, it's going to sound familiar, I know, um, but 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, because we are, we are supposed to represent love, the love yeah. of Christ, just like you said. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Awesome. Get out. Get out. It's not even a scripture. I actually posted this online, some, some of it. If you're kind of logical, I think, with our, um, our, our, our biblical base, I mean, if we're really uh, serving the Lord, we could never forget that, you know, there's one God, there's one heaven, there's one earth, there's one race, the human race. And some of the times, we as men, including women, uh, we can sometimes get so full of ourselves that we try to make God in the likeness of us yeah. instead of remember that we're supposed to be walking in the likeness of, of Christ. And while we all strive to be Christ's life, we'll never be perfect because we're all in the flesh. And sometimes we can, I have a grandmother who used to say that, we can be, how did she put it? Too heavenly for any earthly good is the way she would put it. It was a lot of words. But basically, um, sometimes we can become so full of ourselves that we can try to be more superior than Christ himself. Because some of these notions we come up with on our own, uh, whether it's about race, whether it's about whatever we want to, differentiate ourselves, uh, used to differentiate ourselves from other people. We have more money, we're of a different caste, we have a different class, we're whatever, however we separate. Christ didn't even do that. So uh, if we're gonna put anyone in a place, we have to remember that all of this space, none of this space belongs to us. We're on borrowed time, and we're just renting space. And we are nothing, absolutely nothing, uh, without him. Without him. So, Thank you, Jesus. 
I'll make this quick, but earlier this week, this is what came to mind. I think you guys will agree with this. It was uh, the preamble to the Constitution. And I'll just read it and make it very quickly. It says, we the people of the United States, and I mean this for the whole world, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America, and that is my prayer for America, period. You know, the, the phrase that I got as I was asking the Lord, you know, what, what is my purpose in this? What is my role in this? And I heard, seek first to understand. Yeah, good. Seek first to understand. And my prayer is, Lord, change my heart. Yeah. Search me and help me to see the lies that I'm believing. Mm -hmm. Help me to understand what's going on and how I can change. Lord, change me. Yeah, and I just pray that for everyone. Lord, change our hearts. Yeah. Bring us together. Bring us to you. Yeah. Draw us to you and let you change me. Let us change each other. Good. Thank you. This is in Titus 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But yeah. when the kindness yeah. and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to repeat these things so that those who have trusted in him may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. This is profitable for everyone. So my prayer is, Lord, help us to see you in the middle of all this. Yeah. Help us to see you, that we can speak of who you are over and over and over again, because that is the one thing that profits all of us. Lord, help us to see you and become like you. Thank you for letting us talk and say what is in our hearts here. Um, I just really want to ask um, and just pray for courage for everybody um, and that everybody have the courage in those conversations to speak their hearts to everybody uh, that they might come in contact with in talking about these kind of issues. Um, if we speak um, with courage, uh, we can change people's minds and affect everyone so thank you who knows we will do like one or two more
Uh, I just feel like God wants us to be childlike again. I mean, you know, Jesus says it in the Bible. And so my prayer is that God would make us childlike again and make us excited about the differences in our nation and our world and not fearful of it. And so, you know, I just want to pray against fear in our nation and fear of the unknown and fear of differences. Uh, It's so easy to uh, look at that as threatening rather than as exciting. And, you know, when I look at my daughter and look at these other kids, it's when there's something unknown, they're excited to explore it and learn more about it rather than like put walls up and say, I'm not comfortable with that. I want to stay safe. And so I pray against safety. You know, I pray against comfort zones and that God would help us to step out past that in faith. And I just pray for, you know, kingdom identity um, on each of us as individuals and as a nation that that's where we would put our focus and our priority in this and not look at, you know, what's in front of us, but look at what's really going on behind the scenes because, you know, all of this is just Satan. Like, that's what it boils down to is the enemy trying to cause division. And so I pray against division in Jesus' name and pray for unity, just like we're unified here. I pray that, you know, this is prophetic as a nation, that we can join hands together, Um, even those that are apprehensive and those that are uncomfortable, because I'm sure there are plenty of people that are uncomfortable holding hands with strangers right now, but you know, we still do it. And I just pray that we do that as a nation and really step into eternal life uh, right here and now yeah. versus thinking that that's later. That's good. That's good. All right, we'll do Izzy, did you? One, two, and then we'll wrap. All right. Um, <clears throat> I was kind of waiting for the emotions to die down so I didn't mess up my eye makeup. <laughs> um, but um, when the Tower of Babel was being built, the Lord came down to the city and the, and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, these people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do now. Nothing that they propose will be withheld for them. And so my desire is that the Lord give us one language and that language being love. Um, we serve a God who stepped outside of protocol all the time. He talked to prostitutes when his society said he shouldn't talk to prostitutes. He went after taxpayers, I mean tax collectors, not taxpayers. <laughs> <laughs> when society said he shouldn't, Samaritans, all of that. And so he was a purposeful bridge builder. And so, Lord, I just pray that you will equip us with that language of love that seeks out and bridges and um, builds bridges, Lord, in this time, and not walls of division, Lord Jesus. Lord God, as you prayed before you left, Lord God, make us, make us one as you and the Holy Spirit and the Father in heaven are, in, are one, Lord. Teach us this unity that defies all purpose, Lord God, whereby evil men, when they come together, can succeed. So even more so, your bride, Lord Jesus. How much more can we succeed when we are of one language and one purpose? So, Lord God, make us one in Jesus' name. Amen. It's the last one. Um, My husband said something earlier about confusion kind of being something that's resonating right now in this world, especially in the country, as all this is going on. So I just kind of wanted to pray into that. So. Lord, it's so easy to be confused, God. I, I know that Satan is just using that in this time. Um, 
people are just confused about who they are, about their identity. They're confused about who you are, Jesus. They're confused about why this is happening or um, what to do moving forward as Christians, as believers. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you would give us clarity, that you would show us what to do. Father, that you would, um, that we would walk with you every day, waking up, just asking you, Lord, what can we do to best serve you, to best point pe people to your kingdom, and um, to not let us all get distracted because this life is so short. Yeah. We have such a short time here, and this is all so temporary. Everybody in our lives and everything that's happening is so temporary. And the reality is, Lord, that you told us this would come, that it's just going to get worse. So, Lord, we pray that you would equip us now and give us that armor, Father, so that we can um, clothe ourselves in righteousness and in love every morning. And, Lord, that we can make the best difference that we can in this world as believers. Lord, that we would keep our focus on you and on the things of, um, of the kingdom and our kingdom purpose here, Jesus, and our kingdom identity. And if we don't know that, Lord, I pray, God, that you would speak into that, Jesus, that you would give us clarity. I rebuke confusion in Jesus' name, and I thank you, God, that you are always good, that you're always consistently good. You're consistently who you say you are. And I pray, God, that we would go into the word and we would read those things of who you are. You're our healer. You're our protector. You're our guide. You're our friend, our father. And so, God, I pray that we could know that deep in the depths of our heart and that we could share that with others just by being you, Lord, by having your heart and speaking and allowing you to speak through us, Jesus, through this time and to move through us, God. And we trust you, Lord. Help us to trust you. Thank you, Lord, that you're sovereign. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, I'm just going to close with some prayer. Um, Jesus, um, you are here when two or three are gathered. And I thank you for that. And I thank you for the work you do in our hearts. Um, I just pray right now, lift up the families of those who have been lost this week. We pray your comfort. We pray that you would be Emmanuel. We pray that um, you would bring peace and comfort. Um, we pray that we would bear your image well um, to our community and to our world and the breakthrough. I'm actually just going to pray one more prayer for you guys. I can't find it, so maybe I'm not supposed to pray it. Let me see. Oh, will you guys grab me that paper? I think that's it. Yep. All right, grant, oh God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease that our divisions be healed, we may live in justice and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Okay, if you guys want to go back to your seats. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay, I'm going to talk for a little bit, not for very long. I feel like that was the more important, um, those were the most important thing that we did today. Um, but I am going to try to wrap up this series on the disciplines, and, and Josh actually last week covered the last discipline, and so for those of you guys that this is your first time here, and you're like, what? Um, we've been going through the spiritual disciplines, and as a community, being intentional about creating space. 
Um, and so we've gone through the classical disciplines. And I, I don't even know, do we have a count how many we did? We did so many. It was so great. Um, I wish I knew the number. Um, so we're sort of wrapping that up. And I am extremely passionate about um, the spiritual discipline because they have personally revived my faith um, in the last couple of years. Um, and so I've come to believe that these practices and disciplines really do form and shape us into the image of Christ. Um, what's interesting is when we use the word spiritual disciplines, I think last year I talked about the word discipline, we like immediately like resist it. We're like, oh, that's too rigid or legalistic, you know? We like immediately we want to resist the idea of discipline and our faith together. When you think about it, we sort of have plans for all the other areas of our life. Like for our education, we have a plan, right? For health, we have a plan. And, but when it comes to our faith or the thing that really matters, we want to not have a plan. And we want to not have structure in place. And I get why. I really do from a historical perspective. I get why we would resist. And I, and I understand that a lot of these practices have ended up in legalism. But that doesn't mean we throw them all out, right? They have traditionally and historically been a way that people have practiced their relationship with God. Um, and I was just trying to think of this idea of structure and even in like science, when you talk about like, like water, you know, when you pour water in, it takes the shape of whatever structure it has. I really believe that our faith is like that. Like if we don't have some level of structure or discipline, um, what's really forming us? Something is forming us. That's the thing. And that's, I'm going to get there in a minute, but something really is forming us. We just have to think, what is the thing that's forming us? Um, so as I sit here today, I'm going to talk about something called the rule of life. Has anyone ever heard of the rule of life? Jordan, woo! <laughs> this is so fascinating. Okay, so this is what, and some of you guys might not receive it this way, but I literally feel like I'm giving you a gift today. <laughs> this has been so beautiful for me, and for some of you, you may not want my gift. You may be like, I'm good. You can keep it, but I'm hoping a couple of you will receive this gift because it's been so life-giving to me, and it just so happens that this was where we were going to end up in our series, and this is something that I've actually been pursuing in my own life, um, and when I think of, and well, I'll get there in a minute when I explain the rule of life, but um, so about a year ago is actually this time, it was in July, I just hit a wall. I like literally hit a wall. For those of you that know me, I'm very much a people pleaser. Um, and in ministry, that can be really difficult because you cannot please everyone. Um, and I'm also a, a big introvert. And it's hard for when you're a people pleaser to have boundaries because you just want to be there for everyone. I have a little bit of a savior complex. And so last year, I just hit a wall and I just withdrew and I just had a meltdown and I was like, I'm done. I'm just done. Um, and God has used, God used that moment to sort of begin to reform me. Um, but what I realized is that I was just, I just run out of steam. Like I was really being guided by my need to please rather than being centered on who I was in Christ and who God was. Um, and I needed to like get recentered and I, I didn't really know how to do that. Um, I was depleted, and then we did the Myers-Briggs. Some of you guys in here did the Myers-Briggs with us. We got to do it again, right, because it would be neat to see all our new people. 
Um, and I sort of came face to face with like who Myers-Briggs or whatever those people say that I am. And I initially rejected it. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I feel like the Lord sort of pulled me into this settling into this is who you are. This is who you are, and that's good, and that's okay. And sort of I began to, like, settle into that, and I knew that if I was going to acknowledge who I really was as a person, I couldn't keep doing what I was doing. I needed to find a way to live life that would let me be healthy. Um, And so I started just doing some different things in my, like, relationship with God or in my practices. Um, I started researching some new ways to connect with God. And so I typically had been in the past, like, a big studier, Like, I love to research, I love to study. And so I would always, like, get my books and settle down at the table and, like, study God's word and look up the Greek, and I'm just, I like that. And I just couldn't do that anymore. I was like a mom of three, we were in ministry, I just couldn't. And so I began to just wake up on the mornings that I could wake up early and just do this. (sighs) (sighs) And that was so life-giving to me. I was like, I need to do that more, whatever that is. And so different practices like meditation and contemplative prayer and devotional reading began to breathe life back into me. Um, And so fast forward, I sort of stumbled onto this concept of a rule of life. So this is what a rule of life is. It's It's a pattern of like your spiritual practices that could provide structure and direction for your own spiritual formation but then added on to that it's other things you do that just keep you healthy and I started researching and then working on my own rule of life and then ended up that I was going to get to share this with you so I'm actually really sharing this from a very personal place from something that is really beautiful to me has been a really beautiful tool Um, and I'm not going to be able to go through my whole spiel because we don't have time so I'm just going to sort of pull out the highlights Um, I think it's really interesting sort of doing what we just did and then talking about rule of life because I think there's a connection. Um, But I do want to read this passage. This is going to be um, sort of our springboard, and it's a Genesis 2 passage, um, and I think it's it's coming up. And I'm going to read this. I think this is the Common English Bible, if you will. All right, um, and I love going back to Genesis because I feel like it's so rich, but I don't know what place you're at where you think Genesis is literal, if you think Genesis is figurative. Either way, I think these are holy words, and I think they can really um, help us understand where we began as human beings. So we're not going to get into the actual, like, is this literal or not? But we'll, um, it's, we're going to pull out our big truth and concept. Okay, Genesis 2. Verse 15 through 20. The Lord God took the human and settled him in the Garden of Eden to farm it and to take care of it. The Lord God commanded the human, eat your fill from all the garden's trees, but don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because on the day you eat from it, you will die. Then the Lord God said, it's not good that the human is alone. I will make him a helper that is perfect for him. So the Lord God formed from the fertile land all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky, and brought them to see, brought them to the human to see what he would name them. The human gave each living being its name. The human named all the livestock, all the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals. But a helper perfect for him was nowhere to be found. Okay, Eve is created. They both disobey. <laughs> now we're here. I thought about reading you guys the full three chapters, which have been awesome, but you can read my notes. All right, verse 8. 
during that days, uh, this is chapter three now. Chapter three, nine. Has it been up there at all? Okay. I'm like fast forwarding through it, just making sure. All right, during that day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Um, and I just was sitting as I've been like thinking about this rule of life um, and sort of like a rhythm, what would be a healthy rhythm for us as human beings? Like what was the healthy rhythm we were created to live? And so this is where I came. And there's this really beautiful rhythm of work, rest, community, intimacy with God, right? You see it from like the get-go. What's beautiful is that we were really created to work in some way or to be creative. Um, and so there's, we definitely go overboard with that. But that God really wants us to participate. Like that's part of a healthy rhythm. But rest is equally as part. Community, it's not good that man should be alone. We need community. And then this idea of the walking in the garden shows that there was some level of intimacy that we had or we created to have with God before sin and brokenness. Um, so a rhythm of work, rest, community, intimacy with God. Um, with sin came brokenness. And you see a brokenness initially with our relationship with God. You see brokenness within Adam and Eve because they suddenly knew they were naked. So there was an awareness. There was a breaking there. There was a split in, in this confidence and security they had in who they were created to be. There was a break relationally because immediately what they start doing, blaming, right? Throw, throw whoever under the bus to save my own skin. And there was a break with the environment. So there was this like brokenness in all these different ways. Um, and I just think that we, it is God, we know that God's heart is restoration, right? We know his heart is redemption. And I really believe that a rule of life is a tool for healing. I really believe that it's an intentional tool that we can use to restore those relationships. If we're looking at ourselves in a mind, body, spirit sort of way, that we really need to be intentional about healing in those areas. And we're just not overall. Um, we're not super intentional in our culture. Um, and, you know, we see a rhythm in Jewish life. You know, they had a rhythm of work, rest, feasting, fasting, meditation on God's law. We see a rhythm in the life of Jesus, right? It said in Luke 5.16, Jesus would withdraw to deserted places to be alone. Um, so I just feel like I always, when I think of practices and things that I want to use in my own life, I always look for examples of what has worked. And when something's been around from like the beginning and it's been around, been around, been around, been around, been around, I'm like, ooh, that might be good. That might be something useful for my walk with Christ. Um, so there is this saint called St. Benedict, and he's the one that came up with the rule of life. Um, you should go read about St. Benedict. His story is crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, I was reading it, and I'm like, is this for real? It's a, very, um, it's a very interesting story he lives. But he's the one that came up with this idea of rule of life. Um, he lived between 480 and 543, so a long time ago. And basically, he came up with a rule or a way for monks to live together. What was different about him is it was his rule was for community, so he was very intent on people doing this together. Um, and he had this diversified routine of work, physical work, prayer, study, and in a community. 
So there's sort of like these themes you begin to see. Um, and the balance of the disciplines paid attention to the whole body, so body, mind, spirit. The disciplines addressed all three of those. Um, so that's where when we hear rule of life, like he's the guy that sort of penned that, like that term. Um, and then fast forward to our modern world, and a lot of people are just going, oh, man, I'm really aimless about my spiritual walk. I need some structure. So people are really redeeming this concept. That, that's why it's coming back or it's being like it's having this resurgence. But rule, because we, we hate that word, right? Do I say rule of life and you guys are like, oh, sounds like school or something, right? It sounds really scary. Rule is, is a Latin word that, mean, that comes from regula, and it means a straight piece of wood, a ruler, a pattern model or example. So in this concept, we think of rule like a trellis or a banister. So immediately when I think of that, I get this image. Now, I love the Oscars. Anyone else watch award shows? Come on, some of you, thank you. So I used to be really obsessed with the Oscars. I'm not so much anymore because I can't pay attention to like movies anymore. But if you ever watch them and you know how they get like really regally dressed and they have to walk up those steps and you're like, oh gosh. <laughs> you're like nervous for them because you just know that it could get really bad. And when they trip, it's great. Because <laughs> 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 they're so perfect, you know? It's like perfection and everything. Um, but now, like a lot of times they'll have what? They'll have like someone run up and like do the help them up just so they don't trip over their really long dresses. And so this is sort of my mental picture of a lot of times how our, how we practice our faith. Like we're like all gaudied up and we're like trying to get up and we just need a banister. We need someone to like, we need a guide. We need something to help us up. And this is the idea of rule of life. It's a guide, it's a banister, it's a trellis by which you can allow your spiritual formation to flourish. Um, and so let me just, I'm going to just show you, well, this, I'm going to go here actually. All right. Um, sorry, guys, I'm trying to choose the things that, all right. So we're all living by a rule of life. Um, and a lot of times it's just not a godly one. So I was trying to think, what is the rule of life of like this world? And just these are some of the things I, I came up with. Um, stay busy because productivity equals worth. Gain material possessions and money because it raises your status in life, which keeps you safe and gives you power. Buy a house, then buy a bigger house when, as soon as you can. If you have children, they should know their letters by age three. Be at the head of their class and be in multiple activities every week. And always fight for what you believe in. Um, and those are just things that I feel like this, the rule of life of the world, tells me to live by. And I really have to work hard. Um, that's not the right language. I have to be intentional about deciding which rule of life I'm going to live by. Um, and so this is sort of a mental checklist for you to say, what rule am I living by? Are you really busy? Are you too busy? Are you tired all the time? Do you lack time to be with the people you love and to do the things you love? Are you growing spiritually? Are you concerned about your material possessions? And are you disconnected from community? As you answer those questions, that may indicate what rule 
of life you're living by. Um, so for me, I started putting together a rule of life. And I have this, by this crazy sort of circumstance, Josh and I were at this conference, and I started following this lady who came up with this planner. It's called the Sacred Ordinary Days Liturgical Day Planner. And I'd like joined her Facebook group and was just keeping connected with her group. And she was at the conference and I met her and she's like, here's a planner. And I was like, oh, it's so great. And um, maybe it's just me and I'm wired this way, but this planner has really um, given me intentionality with certain things and especially my rule of life. Um, so I'm just going to be super transparent, tell you a little bit about mine. Is that okay? All right. Um, so these are some things that I put down that keep me healthy. I'm second-guessing myself right now. <laughs> Going for it. Okay. Um, it's nothing super revealing. All right. Keep reading and learning. Exercise often. Run outside. Seize quiet moments. Intentionally connect. Segregate my work. Write something and take a Sabbath. Um, and I came at those by a lot of like prayer and silence and solitude and thinking about myself. Um, I've revisited them. Um, and so what I've done is I started there and I have a routine. And so in the morning, I do certain things that um, help me connect with God. Silence and solitude shows up on my list a lot, <laughs> I can tell you. Um, I'm a big fan of taking deep breaths and uh, the breath prayer, meditation, journaling, and then I've discovered the daily office, which has just been a really beautiful thing for me to do. Um, midday, when I have quiet time, some more practices. Evening, some more practices. And then every other day or daily, exercising, checking in with a friend. Um, weekly, observing a Sabbath, doing some creative work or writing time. Two times a year, a retreat with silence and solitude, and monthly or every other month, meeting with my spiritual director. Um, and so every day, I just sort of go back to that and I revisit it. Um, and since I've been more intentional about that, it has really changed things for me. It really, really has. Um, I just find that when I wake up in the day, I'm more guided and centered on who God is and who God is in me. Um, I'm not as easily being pulled by what I feel everyone else needs, but I'm more doing things out of an overflow of, of who I am and where I'm at. Um, and so how I got there, and I think this is the one last slide, and this is where I'll, I'll sort of start ending. Um, to establish a healthy rhythm or a rule of life, you can ask, hey, I love you, Jessica Reese. What does my soul long for? Sometimes you just have to sit with it and just say, what am I crying out for? For me, I was crying out for quiet. Like my soul was like, there is too much noise. You have to get where it's quiet. Um, or what do you struggle with? What are the areas in which you need transformation? Um, what spiritual practices not only bring me life, because some will bring you life, but some you need in place to stretch you, to challenge you, to push you and form you more like Christ. Um, and then, what's my plan? See, typically we stop there, you know, and then we don't really get a plan. A oh, plan is so good. So good to have a plan. 
what is my plan? And so for me, I came up with some things, and then I prayed, and then I left it alone, and I went back to it. And then I said, okay, I'm going to try a couple of these things. And then some of them didn't work out, so I went back and tweaked it. And then I've, like, finally felt like I'm... Now, all the things I read, trust me, I'm not doing all those things extremely well. But the beauty of a rule of life is living in the tension of this is where God's calling me to, and this is what I struggle with. There's this constant tension and balancing that. Um, so I'm not, like, every single day I'm checking all these things off. That would be really awesome. I'm not, but it's the guide, right? The, the banister. Um, and then you just tweak it. And as I was like looking over it again last night, I went, oh, this is good for this season. This is good for this season. I may revisit it, you know, in a couple months and go, oh, I'm ready to get back into like study. Or I may want to take my prayer outside and start walking the streets and praying. Like there's so many ways to practice our faith with God. Um, but maybe this is a gift you want to receive. Maybe this is something that from me you hear and you go, oh, I need. For me, I was like, oh, thank God there's something that can help me. Like, I just needed that. I was just, my spirit was craving it. Um, and so in closing, this is where I feel like it ties into what's been happening this week. Um, so Thomas Merton said this, ask me not where I live or what I like to eat. Ask me what I am living for and what I think is keeping me from living fully for that. Um, what is keeping us from living fully in the person God created us to be? And what is keeping us from living fully out there who God created us to be? And let's be intentional about creating space to do that, to be that person, to find the courage and the strength and the initiative to really do the things we know God wants us to do. Um, we have to find a way to be formed into the heart of God. This week has proved it, right? This week, and I love what Leslie said is, you know, this week with the events that happened, did you, things rise up in you, like this visceral reaction, whatever that reaction is, the thoughts you have, and then you're like faced with yourself and you think, oh, some of these things are not holy at all. Like the things that I'm thinking or feeling are not holy. We have to find a way to practice our faith so that we can truly be formed into the holy priesthood, right? Into the family of God. The Genesis account shows us that our harmony with others has been broken. Proof this week. Our harmony with other people have been broken. So we need to make space for harmony. We need to be, make space for relationships to be healed. Um, and I just felt like some, like, uh, who said it? Luke said it was talking about us being afraid. Where are you, Luke? Oh, okay. Um, you know how, I love what he said about a child and how a child sees difference as an adventure. Like, that is so profound. But as adults, we immediately build a wall. Like, that is, like, my brain when he said that. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so true. So we as adults have to work even harder at making that adventurous, at moving past the barriers and the walls, right? Um, and this is where I think a rule of life could tie in. Maybe our rule of life needs to include spending time with people that are not like us. Like maybe we need to make space to be around people where we can listen and hear their stories that are radically different from ours. 
if these weeks, if this week's events stirred up judgment in me, what practices can I put in place that will move me towards unity, compassion, and love? All the things you guys prayed for. What do I need to do to get there? And then do it. Like, be intentional and do it. If we only spend time, too, with the people that, we're, that are like us, that's, what, that's a fear. That's rooted in fear. So we need to be intentional about moving past that fear. So what can get us into a place of a healthier spiritual rhythm? Um, and let's just do it. Let's just allow the Holy Spirit to form us. But let's do our part, right? Let's participate with him. Um, if you guys could stand in our worship and prayer people could come up. I, when I first um, realized I was going to preach this message, I was like, oh, <laughs> how do you, like, I could sit across from coffee with you and be like, let me tell you about this thing I'm doing, rule of life. But I was like, how do I say this to, like, a group of people? And especially a lot of you who, this is your first time and you may not know me or know what we've been doing. Um, but I just trust that it's going to fertile soil and that some of you are grateful and need it. And this was timely. So. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to sort of move us into prayer time. If you have any sort of need, we have prayer teams up here um, related to this, related to anything else. Um, and we're just going to sort of let the, the word marinate in us for a little bit. Um, and then I'll come back up here in a, in a couple minutes to officially close us. Um, but God, thank you. Um, that from the get-go, you gave us sort of a, an example of what a healthy rhythm might be. And Lord, let us step into your rhythm and not the rhythm of our culture, which is just creating hatred and tired, depressed people. That's not the way you have us to live. God, you haven't called us to be American Christians. You've just called us to be Christians who live by another kingdom who might happen to be American. And so, God, we want our eyes and our ears to be open to your way of life. And we want to be brave enough to be intentional about it. We want to participate. You're looking for people who participate. We can't expect our spirituality to happen with no discipline. Jesus, you showed us you were so disciplined from fasting for 40 days to preaching all day and then going into the wilderness to pray. Let us follow after you, Rabbi. Let us follow after your example and realize that if you needed to create space, we do too. And form us, Holy Spirit, into the likeness of Christ in character and in conduct that we might be gospel heralds, that we might say to the broken, to the poor, to the lost, to the lonely, there is good news. There is good news. At the end of yourself, there is someone else you can draw on. You are not alone. You are not without hope. We thank you for the tools that you have given us through the lives of thousands of Christians who have practiced faith before us. They are a cloud of witnesses rooting us on. And so we are encouraged by them. We are grateful for the tools they have provided us. We pray that we would leave today encouraged. During this prayer time, God, let your, um, your own words just burrow deep into our hearts and spirits.
Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.